0: Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show.
1: All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for, wow, it's already April the 24th. In the year of our Lord, 2023, this is indeed our one of two and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to do so on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, with its checks and balances and everything in place to restore the republic. Welcome to the broadcast. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration. On Saturday, we were live. I was on the road from Texas. And uh, Chris Carlson with me with God, we can never lose, ladies and gentlemen. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. We talked about Donald Trump, who claimed on Tucker Carlson, quote, they're weaponizing our justice system. Boy, howdy, is Trump right on that fact. But you know what? I believe the whole weaponization is against we the people, not really against the Donald at all. The Trump indictment deception was something we talked about in great detail. Don't underestimate, ladies and gentlemen, the role of the media in hyping up this supposed Trump you know, indictment thing. Uh, you call it a docudrama, if you will. It is just bogus, folks. It's all political theater. Why does the deep state want Trump to be our next president, huh? One of the reasons that the deep state has selected Donald Trump as a conservative standard bearer is because he's become a typecast. You say, what is typecasting? Typecasting is a form of art used to heighten the drama of stage performances. Yeah, whether it be a villain or a hero, what you do is hype it up. Yeah, you embody the quintessential elements of this character. You make them larger than life, more than real. You either love them or hate them, depending on your reference point. And, hey, you got the vices and virtues of the Donald all on display. And each side, the more they pump this typecasting, the more they divide the people with Donald. He's great at it. So was Barack Obama. Trump, folks, is not the real target. The point is we are. Yeah, we talked about the fact that while this is all going on, this Trump political theater, the United Nations is pushing new age spirituality on schoolchildren. Alex Newman wrote an incredible column in the new We talked about why is there so much evil in the world? We talked about Biden's ESG agenda uh, is really being promoted big time. That's William Jasper at the new American. And you know what? We talked about more than two dozen states are suing the Biden administration over ESG rulings. 25 states are suing the Biden administration in an attempt to block the Department of Labor rule that really allows these companies to promote ESG factors in all that they do, including hiring of employees. Look, folks, it's all tied to the World Economic Forum. The globalists see the ESG agenda. As a crucial element, a plank in their global reset. That's the plan to reset all aspects of society. Morally, spiritually, biologically, economically, everything under the sun. And this agenda goes hand in hand. Donald Trump being nothing, in my mind, but a distraction. It doesn't matter who becomes president as long as you select those ABC choices that they put in front of you. Sad, but reality. Before we get into the details of today's topic, Dr. Scott Bradley joins us. Welcome to the broadcast, sir, and your quick thoughts.
2: Well, um, I guess I'm getting my brain in gear here today, and uh, we do have much to talk about. It's a target-rich environment. I think that there's a lot of very interesting um, assessments that you've done in your rundown here. I think maybe as we unfold the presidential campaign of other people uh, today, uh, we might kind of peel that onion a little bit more about Trump and about the establishment and stuff like that. Uh, I think that, like I say, there's there's a lot of accuracy in your assessments. I know that a lot of people are thinking that Trump is, well, I I got a, oh, man, I kind of an effort to pin my feet to the floor uh, text message the other day from someone that, uh, that really, truly, literally believes Trump is the savior. I mean, I know he's, and if you asked him that, he'd say, oh, no, no, we still got Jesus Christ. But uh, never has any man done any more for this country than Donald Trump has. No one has ever been more successful in restoring the baseline principles. I mean, he's he's absolutely encompassing in his position. I mean, no president has ever been uh, a more laudable president of this nation. Yeah, and and uh, this statement
1: by these people that you mentioned or this person just proves the typecasting has been carried out to perfection, sir.
2: Well, John Wayne always played John Wayne. I mean, Sylvester Stallone always plays Sylvester Stallone. I mean, uh, you know, they have this persona that they're going to be, but but none, uh, to my knowledge, none of those that have been icons of of the uh, the big screen have ever been anything but props on the screen. I mean, you think about that for a minute. I mean, Gary Cooper, I mean, this story. I mean, if you look at what happened in their lives, they were very unpleasing lives, uh, you know, in, in what really matters. I mean, the abortions they were involved in, the affairs they had, the political agenda they played. They were spokesmen for a lot of really Filatious things that were out there the cast about the
1: filthy lucre that fueled all that they did,
2: but the but the big and screen the persona. Of that
1: filthy lucre,
2: think about uh, what's his name Gregory Peck, on uh, Big Country. I mean, what a stalwart, what a solid character. I mean, you look at what that guy stood for in real life. Like I say, Gary Cooper, Jimmy Stewart. I mean, it's it's like holy Hannah. And now there are a few that are not really, really, really big name people. That you go, wow, that, that guy's a pretty solid character in real life as well as on the big screen, you know. But uh, but some people are very selective or they're selected to play some persona. You know, they're a uh, sympathetic character that everybody falls in love with, that face a arduous task that needs to be overcome. And somehow they endure and get through it. I mean, think of Saving Private Ryan with Tom Hanks or his castaway thing. I, oh, let's just just for a second. I know, Sam, you got things to talk about, but castaways, I said that. I, I don't know. Your audience ought to read the full unabridged version by Daniel Defoe of uh, Robinson Crusoe. I mean, here's a guy, very similar circumstances to what Tom Hanks faces on castaway, or on his, whatever that movie was. Anyway... Uh, The thing, I mean, it drives me to distraction. Here, Daniel Defoe writes about this guy, Robinson Crusoe, that brings civilization to a primitive, you know, castaway situation where he establishes a a, a society, basically, uh, that there's order. He brings Christianity there. He comes to God. He literally found God while he was in his solitude there, you know. Uh, what does Tom Hanks do? He reverts to the Dark Ages. Well, not Dark Ages. He reverts to the Stone Ages. And and he becomes uh, basically a godless everything. I mean, God didn't have anything to do with anything in what Tom Hanks did. And that's kind of a reflection on society. Back in the 1700s when Defoe wrote uh, Robinson Crusoe, there was this uh, concept of kind of bringing to whatever setting and situation you were in some kind of uh christianity uh, civilization uh, achievement uh, rolling forward instead of going back to you know just you know basically spear fishing with a spear uh, to, for your daily bread and uh not recognizing the hand of god that's what drove me absolutely nuts about that one having done the compare and contrast with the uh, <laughs> with the daniel defoe's uh depiction of Robinson Crusoe, which people thought was out autobiographical. It was not. It was totally fictional, but it's an interesting read to do the compare and contrast. And, and it's interesting to me how with the media characters, those personifications that go on the silver screen, we kind of seem to try and bend our attitudes in a certain way or another. But, uh, but those that, uh, you know, where you get this, I don't know, typecasting thing, John Wayne's always John Wayne. Well, maybe Donald Trump's always just Donald Trump. Maybe Donald Trump isn't really Donald Trump. Well, is he he's, a real contender a
1: for the White House in 24, do you think? Or do you think it's just a typecast distraction? Donald Trump gets a cameo in 24, if you will.
2: Well, I don't know if a cameo is an accurate description. I think he's going to play a bigger role than that. I mean, I think it's uh, something bigger than, <laughs> like, Alfred Hitchcock showing up as a somebody wandering down the street or something. Or, or what was his name? Do you think Peter Donald Jackson. becomes
1: the next president?
2: No, I I don't, I think, I mean, you know, uh, people will hate me for this.
1: So it's like I a super that. cameo, Donald style, central figure. But yeah,
2: I think, I think really Donald's time has passed in most people's minds. Uh, I, I think not in his. And I think there are a lot of people that are completely devoted. And, and I can, I can see why. I mean, he, he does his thing and uh, he's always kept center stage but uh, i believe he's kind of a distraction from all the things that we really are experiencing as a nation uh it's not just the presidential candidacy i think the whole nation uh it's uh, it's kind of the background music on something that's a much more dramatic setting you know so but, but well, no i think it very well be got wrong.
1: something up their sleeve when it comes to robert f kennedy Junior, That's an interesting uh, twist that many didn't see coming. A lot of people thought he'd be influential. A lot of people thought, but who really thought he would basically jump into the ring now uh, as a Democrat? It almost brings more people to the center, so to speak, uh, than even Donald Trump could. Very well, unique. We need to
2: conversation that always seems to become quite animated. Uh, Sam brought up the recently announced candidacy of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. running for the President of the United States. And uh, we we briefly introduced that subject um, last Friday uh, at the end of the program. I'm glad we get a chance to talk a little bit more about it here on Monday morning. Uh, I think we did an inadequate uh, review. I mean, and, and, and nobody would say we did an adequate review. I'm sure, but but just uh, just throwing it out there was kind of a tidbit without any follow-on. I think that was a uh, misservice. Anyway, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., son of Robert F. Kennedy, uh, killed in June of 1968. As he was running, what appeared to be would be a very successful presidential candidacy. His brother to the slain president in 1963, John F. Kennedy. And, uh, the you know, part of the Kennedy dynasty, you know, what uh, their uh, dad did with the, you know, Prohibition days and everything else like that, brought a fortune to them. He was a poor Irish uh, immigrant that, uh, boy, they, they made a name for themselves. At any rate, um, the... Uh, the Robert F. Kennedy thing, I think, has uh, taken a lot of people kind of by surprise, not me particularly. I mean, the Kennedy uh, aura, it seems to, you know, it, it does run in the genes, it seems like. But it's interesting to me, I I just read, well, it was over the weekend, I read an article that was as brilliant a hit piece on Bobby Kennedy as anything that's ever been done on Trump. I mean, and, and people are gonna say oh yeah he deserves every every stroke that they gave him you know with the with the whip whatever but it was every bit as detractive as anything I've read about Trump the the moral character of Kennedy was completely called into question it was it just ran him through a knothole about his years as a you know a kid and then at school and all that kind of stuff and and his uh, womanizing and uh, uh, I mean, it just, it, his moral character was slandered horribly. Now, I don't know how much it was true. I honestly don't. But, uh, you know, knowing some of the Kennedy uh, mystique, if you will, uh, it was following right along with whether it was Joseph Kennedy or John F. Kennedy or Bobby Kennedy or, you know, I mean, this kind of also runs in the genes, if you will. But um, but at any rate, it, it was vicious. Uh, it was it was meant to nail the coffin shut, I think, on this thing. And as I read it, I always I always do a, a kind of a, where does this fit? A connect the dots kind of thing. I always, I don't take anything at face value. That's Maybe you can kind of put that in a little aphorism thing about me. But at any rate, uh, I started saying, why? How come? I mean, in so many ways, he fits what this organization was, was uh slandering him, this organization that was doing it, uh, I, I try to keep a lot of different sources of information out there, and, and it seemed to fit, um, you know, you could say, yeah, and, and you know, just kind of say leftist, you know, that, I hate those terms, left, right, conservative, liberal, all that kind of stuff, because everything's been co-opted. But you know what I mean, it, it comes from a leftist perspective. And they were just viciously tearing him to shreds on a moral basis, which to me was normally right along something that was okay with them. But I started thinking, why? Why would they do that? Why would they do that? And I really do think he was kind of a a wrench that came into their plan that they had not planned on. I mean, they kind of had a they, they, they this personification of Trump for what he is, and the the you know this. I don't know, prop that they've made him into of an image. And out of the blue comes this guy, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., and he's got that Kennedy aura. I mean, yeah, he's not, hes he's got not the eloquence in terms of the smooth uh, ability to deliver, you know, the, the John F. Kennedy. Go back and listen to some of his talks. I mean, there were, when he told everybody we were Berliners and all this kind of stuff, when when he spoke, there was a an eloquence and a smoothness to it. His words were polished and set in place. Bobby Kennedy has a uh, a vocal challenge that he's he's. I think he uses it masterfully because everybody listens more carefully to the uh, challenges that he faces. But he he does choose his words smoothly and and accurately and. Uses them correctly and all those kind of things, but he, but he doesn't come across as this polished statesman, and uh, and yet the rough around the edges appearance really sells. So so here we have Bobby Kennedy with that Kennedy aura. We have he's he's been thrust into the um, uh, center stage, if you will, by the COVID thing. He wrote the book, The Real Anthony Fauci, which is dynamic i mean you know what you really need to review it i mean don't expect a tom clancy re- review on it kind of thing you know tom clancy had this kind of uh pulp novel way of writing things that kept the pages turning bobby kennedy's an attorney and he uh he basically does a deposition i mean it's top to bottom side to side margin to margin facts. He's got hundreds. In some chapters, there are
1: hundreds of footnotes. This is like a court case. And let's be clear, Dr. Bradley, one of the things that he does in his book, too, is he takes partisanship or politics really out of it when it comes to delivering the facts, though. This is not a uh, an attack so-and-so because they're Republican or Democrat. It's stand with the facts and deliver the truth. Uh, it's on point, and it, and it doesn't play games with po- partisanship or politics or any of that kind of stuff, right? Well, yeah. you talk about follow the science. I mean, that that's the
2: Bravo Sierra that they fed us constantly in the lame brain media. There is no science behind what was done. Oh, yeah, the the Pfizer and Moderna and all those guys probably had a test tube and a, and a Bunsen burner in their lab somewhere when they were doing this stuff. But I'm here to tell you that the science that came out and was presented, you know, the Fauci thing, I am the science, all of that was Bravo Sierra. There was no science, and and I can go through and review extensively and massively for hours the issues that came out of this, But, but he wrote the book, and you're right. It's not a partisan kind of thing. It exposes the charade that was foisted upon the nation and the world, but here's an interesting side note. Trump, when he was first elected, he asked Kennedy to chair his vaccine panel nearly 3 years prior to the advent of covid so here we have trump and him have got this you know kind of uh, you know they're they're on the same team kind of thing and, and trump wanted to throw him in there okay now here here we go maybe just maybe um bobby kennedy was an outsider that now is kind of kind of maybe knocking at the door on the insiders uh, safety zone for themselves and so this hit piece that I read over the weekend, I, it was, like I say, devastating. Anybody that had a moral bone in their body would say that uh, Bobby Kennedy should not be trusted with your grandchildren. I mean, they didn't say he was a child molester, okay, but but uh, he was really a ladies' man in, in his day, according to this. Now, w- was Trump anything different? I think those that get their, you know, they, they get all wound up around the axle, about that for Kennedy are going to say. Well, what was Trump doing when he was of the same age and nature? You know, you know Trump has you know this is a rough restatement. He, he didn't go to Vietnam because his Vietnam was trying to avoid a sexually tra- transmitted disease in the 70s. You know, I mean it's like holy cow that was a oh an arduous task. How are you going to live through this? But but the you know but I think that this hit piece that was written. And again, I, what do I know? But it sure seemed, it was so brutal that it seemed to me that they said, who would, who would, uh, how would we most hurt this guy? And it's to rip the moral character away from this guy. Okay? Now, you need to understand, too, I mean, he's, he's been uh, very heavily involved in renewable energy. He opposes coal, nuclear, even hydropower, because he says the river dams adversely affect indigenous people but um he he's 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 all over the board when you start looking at what he's been involved in and and he's passionate about i mean he he's very very much involved in trying to uh wrestle back the health of our our nation children's health defense he's head of that he chairs that it's a nonprofit um the, it's an organization that has been taking to the mat this thing about what's happening with the poisonous stuff we're putting on our kids. Vaccines is a big thing. He talks about the, uh, oh, man, this ADD stuff that's going on and everything. I guess we're going to take another break. I get jabbering here, but holy cow, this is going to be a real different wrench, and I think the establishment wants to nip it in the bud.
1: Liberty Roundtable Live in Mere Seconds continues on your radio with a good doctor, Dr. Scott Bradley of freedomsrisingsun.com.
0: Pursuing liberty. Using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio.
5: USA News. I'm Lance Pry. President Biden, the First Lady, and the Secretary of Education honor the Council of Chief State School Officers 2023 Teacher of the Year today. That will be taking place in the Rose Garden. And later on today, President will meet with the Tennessee Representative's booted from office and reinstated after inappropriate conduct on the state floor during a recent vote.
1: Representatives Justin Jones, Justin Pearson and Gloria Johnson will meet with President Biden today. Jones and Pearson were initially expelled by the Republican majority for protesting on the House floor just days after three children and three adults were killed in a school shooting
5: in Nashville. A vote to remove Johnson didn't pass. I'm Skip Kelly. A recent NBC News poll shows a majority of the 1,000 or so Americans asked last week if they wanted Biden or Trump as president. They responded, neither. One of the reasons former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson says on Fox News why he is running for
6: commander-in-chief. What America does not want is another repeat of 2020 where we have Joe Biden and Donald Trump running against each other. That's reflected uh, in the polls, certainly on on the Democrat side. And so we don't want to repeat that. I'm running because I think that we need alternatives and we need new leadership and new direction in America.
5: Jury selection will begin today in the federal death penalty trial of a truck driver accused of shooting to death 11 Jewish worshipers at a Pittsburgh synagogue in the deadliest anti-Semitic attack in U.S. history. Robert G. Bowers, who is from the Pittsburgh suburb of Baldwin, faces 63 counts in the October 2018 attack at the Tree of Life Synagogue. A government-commissioned report released this morning down under, Australia needs to spend more money on defense, make its own munitions, and develop the ability to strike longer-range targets as China's military buildup challenges regional security. USA News.
0: Let's see. If something costs less but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month. And that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan, double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within 2 minutes, a very very smart use of 2 minutes. Here's the number you need: 833-34bible. That's 833-34bible. 833-34bible.
1: Bradley Sam Bushman on your radio, breaking down this unique, I don't know what you want to call it, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. calling card. Uh, maybe they want to nip it in the bud. Maybe they want to uh, launch him to the center stage. Uh, it would be interesting to see a debate between Donald Trump and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I guess the question becomes, will they join forces? If you had a Republican and a Democrat, somehow, uh, I don't know what you want to call it. either one, Maybe he joins the Republican ticket and uh, becomes the VP. Uh, maybe I don't know uh, very strange twists though uh, But believe it or not whether you think so or not Robert F. Kennedy jr. Has more mojo than you might possibly Imagine for a variety of behind-the-scenes reasons dr. Bradley
2: Yeah, absolutely this is this is a real uh, it, It's a it's a head-scratcher for a lot of people they try and put everybody in a little box They put you in a box they put me in a box. Oh, yeah, we can set that on the shelf We don't need to think about that anymore. But Kennedy has stuff like he opposes the central bank digital currencies. I mean, that's a mainstream establishment got to have, you know, and he opposes that kind of stuff. Uh, But then on the other hand, he's he's uh, he's out there, you know, doing stuff like in the past, having campaigned for Al Gore and and John Kerry. You know, he's he's advocated for uh, what's his name? Salvador uh, uh, Dendi the uh, the Chilean president that's such a I mean he's a Marxist for crying out loud, but but he's brought up stuff that that the establishment thinks they you know they plowed over it and planted over it and they're never going to see again, the JFK assassination he doesn't think that uh, Oswald acted alone, I, and of course never have I I mean I I lived through that I mean I I have run an analysis for almost sixty well it's been sixty years now on that I mean that was really that was a watershed moment, and I don't believe for a moment that the, the Warren report came out with a, a, probably a shred of truth. They they cooked everything. And I mean, then the Bobby Kennedy thing, he doesn't believe Sir Ansaran shot him. You know, there were 13 bullets fired, but his gun only held, held, held eight. And Kennedy was shot from behind. Sir Ansaran was in front of him. I mean, it's like, oh, there's a smoking gun there, you know. And, and Kennedy actually went to the prison and interviewed Sir Ann, Sirhan. and he says I don't believe he did it He's, he doesn't you know publicize the exact you know discovery that he had there with him and, and the interview but but the point of the matter is this guy is a different drummer to what the the bookkeepers are doing with the put in the box kind of thing I would love to see a Trump Kennedy debate and it's not like I want to see Trump have his lunch eaten, or his head handed to him on this on a platter, but I think Bobby Kennedy was his lunch. I mean, I, I think Bobby Kennedy uh, would come in with facts and figures, and and I mean, this guy has has been a uh, an attorney in court, where you've had to kind of put your argument together, and Trump has has been a reality TV guy that's been a businessman and been very successful. So, uh, I mean, you know, that's not to detract everything from Trump that he ever did, but he's an enigma to me, too. I mean, he's against the Trans-Pacific Partnership thing and the NAFTA thing. And he puts together the USMCA, which is uh, the NAFTA on steroids and incorporates the Trans-Pacific Partnership into it. I mean, it's like scratch my head every time he does anything. Um, the idea that he's, he's for red flag laws. I mean, holy cow. It's yeah, he's almost like
1: Donald doesn't even know what he's embracing because it goes against everything that he claims and you know purports to be, and then you see that and you go, what the heck happened? Did the deep state write this and Donald didn't read it? What, what on earth went on? Well, so does that's he even question. understand
2: what he's saying sometimes?
1: I don't Agreed? know. Eh? Yeah, but here's the question. Would you vote for Robert F. Kennedy, Jr.?
2: You know, I can't say that comfortably right now. I just couldn't. I mean, I'm not going to, uh, I'm going to say that, that it will be very interesting, and I would love a debate between these two guys and and everything, but I, I, I think that that there's a reality check going on with some of the things. When, when a guy comes out, who in their right mind, not in their right mind, I shouldn't say that because we know this. I was going to say who in their right mind even thinks about central bank digital currencies but the mainstream Americans, it's not right on the tip of their tongue when you look at this, but he opposes them. He's very vocal in his opposition to this. He's vocal to the poison we're putting in our plants and, and the, the vaccine stuff, the lies, the charade that's been happening. He was really our friend. I mean, our very high-profile friend in the COVID debate. And and if, if, if the... Uh, Nuremberg too could take the real Anthony Fauci to the to the mat, and and you know really Nuremberg, uh, the Nuremberg Code is is not law, but it does point out what is moral and right. Other laws out there like fraud and and, uh, and deception and an actual uh, uh, putting things in our bodies under duress that were harmful. Those are against the law, okay? Uh, and so those could be prosecuted. I mean, you're not going to take, okay, point number one in the Nuremberg Code says blah, blah, blah. Therefore, you're guilty because Nuremberg Code is not a, it's it's not a code uh, on the books. It's a, a moral review of how things ought to be done in these kind of cases. But there are other deeper things that were done that fraudulently perpetuated this on us, it cost us billions of dollars. It cost us thousands, maybe millions of lives. All of these things that happened. The United States, under Trump and Biden, had the highest death per million of any other country in the world by more than 45%. So you take the second worst country in the world, uh, their death per million during COVID from the beginning until September of 2021 when the when the vaccines were fully implemented, the United States had a 45% worse death rate per million than any other nation on the earth. And and it's kind of like, whoa, what we did during that, along with destroying our economy and shutting down education and, and doing habeas corpus violations with locking the people down, the idea, the facade of the... The implementation of it safe and effective indeed. This idea of a godsend, I mean come on, it has been di- diabolically imposed upon us. Anyway, so Kennedy was a real good friend on that, and, and he was he was unyielding in his position. And uh and Trump brought us the, the warp speed thing. He's the one that seized some of industry's uh production capability. To bring into production the uh, intubators, the the ventilators that were used to kill so many people, almost 100% kill rate. If you got put on those, you died. I was on one for 42 days. Well, it's longer than that, actually. When they finally traked me, uh, they continued to have, intu- they continued to ventilate with that kind of pressure, but they took it out of my lungs and they put it through my throat. But for 42 days, I was I was intubated. And my wife was told every day, multiple times a day, pull the plug, walk away, he's dead. Okay, Almost 100% died when they were put on those ventilators. Trump seized American production. I mean, wait, wait, wait. Is this Marxist or is it fascist? At least. And he did that. And, and so there is a real distraction going on in our presidential race right now. And holy cow, you start throwing Biden in the mix, and we've got really... Uh, uh, an Alzheimer's patient patient in there, and and um, who's pulling his strings? And w- we have a a clown show going on right now in so many ways. Anyway, I there's probably other topics you want to talk about. we where
1: do you think this? We're thing 40 ends minutes into up, this. It turns out Larry Elder, well known talk show host, just threw his hat in the ring uh, as well to run for president. So you're starting to see kind of a shakeout. Ron DeSantis hasn't uh, announced his. Uh, bid but he did come to utah and speak and he basically claimed that florida was the utah of the south which is oh kind of an heavens interesting forbid uh, well, <laughs> I, so they're both wrong then <laughs> <laughs> all i'm telling you is it's very interesting when you kind of start to see the, the the players that are coming to the table um the sad part is i like a lot of what robert f kennedy jr does because he's right on so many points but it isn't about a person to me it's about right and wrong and whenever somebody's right i give them credit donald's right on a lot of things juniors right on a lot of things um At the end of the day, though, uh, just between you and me, there's not a single person there I'd vote for, Dr. Bradley. There just isn't. And I don't see anybody on the stage unless Sam and Scott run uh, or Scott and Sam run, whatever you want to say. I don't really see (laughs) uh, anybody that I can trust up there uh, that's got any name recognition or anybody that I can really vote for uh, with a a clean hands and a a humble conscience and heart. Uh, There's nobody that I can vote for at all on that stage.
2: Well, I, I think that it's almost across the board. I did an analysis lately about uh, potential vice presidential candidates for anybody. I mean, you know, they, who are they talking about? You know, Nikki Haley out there. I mean, she's a young world, uh, what do they call her? The World Economic Forum has trained her. She was a United Nations ambassador. I mean, holy Hannah. I mean, come on. I mean, the people are out there. I, I mean, you, you look at Marianne Williamson. Uh, who's running for president on the Democrat nomination thing. Wow, where does she fit? Uh, 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 talk about someone that's way outside the arena. It's a time we're in right now. I got a quote for you is, if you're interested. Who,
1: we'll do it. Who do we get on the stage that we can actually vote for? That's my question. We'll talk about it in a second with Dr. Scott Bradley, freedomsrisingsun.com. Why don't we say to the
3: government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less. Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better had a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's gonna do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body
5: fighting for the soul of liberty and true pursuit of happiness for everyone. Freedom Fest 2023 is coming to the home of the blues and birthplace of rock and roll Memphis, Tennessee, July 12th through 15th. It's the ultimate summit for liberty, educating and empowering through art, music, film, and comedy while promoting economic freedom and highlighting today's political issues. Use promo code ROUND50 to save 50 bucks off the current rate. Reserve your spot at freedomfest.com. See you in Memphis.
3: I want to dedicate this song
1: to Mr. Rupert Murdoch
2: Okay, so um, here we are kind of just uh, we're meandering through the uh, I don't know, tiptoeing through the tulips as they used to be in the old song uh, about this presidential race that we've got going right now and, and, and the idea that you know I shouldn't be that we believe anybody's a perfect candidate ever at all um and certainly, even our founding fathers were not perfect. There's only been one mortal that's walked our dusty paths that was perfect and uh, he's not he's not immortal anymore and and uh, he's certainly not running for president, although he should be our king at any rate so uh, i I think we can place the the blame at the feet of we the people and 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 I've used this quotation before that we've talked about, and I I believe it applies all the time. I believe it was written, if I'm remembering correctly, back in 1823 by uh, Noah Webster, one of the American founding fathers, a great Christian fellow that had a lot to do with, uh, you know, documenting our spelling in our dictionaries and all that kind of stuff. But he did write some other things, too. And, And I really do believe that he hit the nail on the head. We're talking... 200 years ago that he wrote this, and I think we're living this today. What the real bottom line is that we've got to be the kind of people that can choose someone that will stand as our representative based upon the moral character that we have as a people instead of the wrong kind. But here's what he said, or he wrote, God commands you to choose for rulers just men who will rule in fear of God. The preservation of a Republican government depends on the faithful discharge of this duty. If the citizens neglect their duty and place unprincipled men in office, the government will soon be corrupted. Laws will be made not for the public good so much as for selfish and local purposes. Corrupt or incompetent men will be appointed to execute the laws. The public revenues will be squandered on unworthy men, and the rights of the citizens will be violated or disregarded. Ladies and gentlemen, I would submit that that is the state of affairs in the United States of America today. If you look at the vast majority of those that sit in office, they are there for an agenda. And and it's party-driven, largely, because people say, Oh, we're going to we're gonna go with a bigger government, or we're going to go with a, a government that, that, that takes control of this or that or the other. A government that pulls the levers of government, which is really force. The police, if you create a law... That allows the police to be your enemy, that's a bad situation. Uh, Bastiat talked about that. He was French and he talked about how you put the gendarmes on your side, the police officers. You have the force of law behind you and you can do almost anything. Legalized plunder, he talked about. And that's basically where we are in America today. And, and we have all these voices crying, some low here, others low there. And I, I just think we, the people, have got a responsibility in this to say, you know what, we've got to choose just men to rule over us in the fear of God. And, uh, yeah, that, that sounds like a big task because how do you get your fellow Americans to do it? Well, why don't we do it ourselves? You know, I've, I've been involved in the uh, Constitution Party for a few years. I left the Republican Party. Well, first I was kicked out of them, but, but, <laughs> but it was because I, I I really believe that the people ought to have the responsibility to govern with when they know all the truth. But but no, they get these party platforms that that kind of push things around and everything. But at any rate, I I really uh, the Constitution Party. I when I first joined them, I thought, man, they're a last great hope. But now they've polluted their platform with a uh, an endorsement of well, it's not really a full on full voice endorsement of Social Security, but some of the voices there have have got it kind of wheedled into their platform. Last I looked, now it may have changed this this weekend. I don't know, but uh, but uh, but they're saying you know really we we really need to take care of Social Security, and that's not their exact wording. But Social Security completely violates the United States Constitution. There is not a shred of evidence within the Constitution that you can do that. So, the party levers get pulled by those that that uh, have a voice there, and people are ignorant enough, or think it's politically expedient to go along that way. Because, by golly, if if I mean the Social Security is the fifth rail, or the the, the you know the uh, it's it's one of those. Things that in a political party, it's the death knell if you touch it. It's electrified. You, you touch this, you're dead. Maybe it's the third rail, whatever it is on the on the train cars. At any rate, uh, so they get off limits on things, but a full voice to principle. And I, I admit, you can't go shoot a hijacker in the head and expect, expect the airplane to land safely. You've got to wrest the controls away from it. You've got to realign the, uh, you know, the flight path. You've got to bring it in to make it land safely. All that kind of stuff has to happen. So I'm not telling everybody they need to burn everything to the ground, that in a in a political party. But what I say is we've got to have a plan for a restoration, and we the people have got to start understanding enough to turn our hearts that way, because if and we the don't, the problem
1: with the the problem with the tacit endorsement of Social Security isn't so much that we have a problem landing the plane safely. What we run the risk of if we're not careful is eventually that becomes the justification for the plane to keep flying out of control. It's kind of like how when we add abstinence only to sex education in government schools. It sounds benevolent, but the reality is it's a poison pill, doctor. It is. I mean, the public
2: schools are what's wrong. I mean, it is a false education Tax-supported in violation of, of the First Amendment, where a government-supported belief system, and in its secular humanism, and an honest secular humanist will, will uh, admit that it is a faith-based belief system. It doesn't have a divine God, you know. It it has uh, it worships the wisdom and understanding of man, but it's still an idol. I mean, might as well put Moloch up there and say Moloch said to do this. You know, go back and read your biblical history if you're if you don't know what that is. But the point of the matter is, what you do is you accept a little bit of cancer here and there, and pretty soon it's like,
3: well, you know, it's like,
2: hey, you know what? If we can do Social Security, we can do that. First time I ran for the Senate, uh, and this is a longer story maybe than we've even got t- time to hear. But the point is, I was at a booth at a, a big festival for Fourth of July and. And I had a big discussion. Again, you don't need all the background or anything. But this was back when uh, we had gone to war in Afghanistan and, uh, and Iraq. Unconstitutionally, no Article One, Section 8, Clause 11 thought, the president just unilaterally took us to war. And there was a guy that came to the booth, and, and he says, well, what's your platform? I handed him a constitution. And I says, that's my platform. That is the oath I take to uphold. That's my job description. No one else can redefine that. Oh, I love the Constitution, he started out. Then I said, well, maybe you'll love my position about war. And I started talking about the necessity of declaring war. Oh, suddenly, I was his deadly enemy. The president had to do that. Congress wasn't going to do that. Well, we know what an idiot he was. Here we are 17 years later or whatever. Here we are, uh, we we have hindsight, but he was absolutely d- determined that going to war under presidential directive was the only way that justice was going to be done and blah, blah, blah. We had a big discussion about it. But the point of the matter is, I said to him, sir, if you believe that on your judgment, violating the Constitution to take the nation to something as onerous as war it's the biggest, baddest thing we do as a country. If we can do that, what can't we violate based upon someone's opinion? This establishes the framework. It's a firm, heart. It's a contract. Congress takes us to war, and they have a process they go through. You vote it up or you down. If you're good and noble, you vote for just war and for just reasons, and you've looked at all the all the things. And you vote plus or not. You're not like somebody else that goes in and says. Well, I voted for it, and then I voted against it. But then again, the president did it without our permission. No. There's no by guessing, by golly. Social Security does not fit the contract. Neither does going to war on on the declaration or policy enhancement of whatever the president does. No, no, no. Every, well, probably 80% of what the general government does now is done outside the allowances of the United States Constitution and and uh, you know if you think well but yeah, but yeah but this is a good thing and and I could give you quotations and again I'm talking fast because I know we're running out of time we could we could talk about how we destroy the nation by doing something because it seemed like a good idea at the time but it is the way that the nation's liberty is actually it, it's dissipated it goes away and and so th- that's what I'm looking for for a not just a president I would like my mayor to do that. You know, I would, I, you know what? I'd like all of us to do it because if we're that kind of people, I I think we will ultimately uh, choose for rulers, just men who will rule in the fear of God. That's if we get the
1: opportunity. There's no doubt about it. That's why we wait for the Savior's return. And following the principles of the Savior Jesus Christ is the key to the exercise as we prepare a uh, people that's willing to wait for their, their king, their savior. Uh, and it's going to be a rough road to hoe along the way because we, the people, aren't choosing as a whole, as a society. We're not choosing that which can save and preserve and liberate and, and um advocate for principles that promote god family and country we've really got to teach this we've got to work towards this we've got to do everything in our lives to make that happen uh cleanse the inner vessel first you've got to do it individually you got to do it as families and families are the fundamentally the building blocks of society and that's where real change happens that's where education needs to occur that's where solutions are derived Uh, and the country merely is a reflection of those realities personal relationship with god uh, and then family and the country will mirror that Reality, morality of the families—that's really the bottom line, Doctor Bradley. And every week you have webinars that talk about these things. That answer its Q&A on the Constitution. It's take modern topics, as does this talk show, bring forward items of interest, news that it was refused to use, and really articulate the founding father-esque solution to the problems that we face today. That's what we do. We take these God-family-country principles codified in the supreme law of our land should be the political religion of our nation. Uh, We take these principles and our our goals to help people understand them and apply them in meaningful ways today. Um, If you want to learn more about Dr. Bradley's incredible collegiate series, uh, To Preserve the Nation is the series. It's available at freedomsrisingsun.com, as well as you can sign up for his weekly webinars uh, and more. Dr. Bradley, that's really the quintessential point of all these discussions is to help people understand you know what, what they should stand for, what they should stand against, and why. It's not really a fleece with political opinion or partisan politics. It's really talking about the principles that our founding fathers set forth, the debates, the discussions they had to help us uh, understand who we are and what our role and our relationships are uh, in ways that can truly bring solutions to the table. That's what they did best under God's direction, and that's what we need to make sure to carry forward their legacy for.
2: Well, that's, how the, that's the whole foundation of this nation. I mean, they, they used the good book, if you will, <laughs> wherein they found these societal rules. They incorporated them into what went forth, and, and this idea of, of people being free to choose, they didn't make everything illegal. They kept the government from doing things. The idea was keep the government out of our lives and allow us to live our lives as God ordained to begin with, and government is
1: ruling our lives now. Amen to that, ladies and gentlemen. They say we're anti-government. They lie. We stand for the proper role of constitutional limited government based on the fact that we're a constitutional republic under God Almighty. For Dr. Scott Bradley's information, freedomsrisingsun.com, libertyroundtable.com, lovingliberty.net. For our information, donate liberally, get involved, would you please? For Dr. Bradley and Sam Bushman, God save the republic of the United States of America.
0: Casting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show.
1: All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt continues now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for April the 24th in the year of our Lord, 2023. This is indeed our two of two in the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country To do so on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers using the supreme law of the land, along with its incredible checks and balances, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is the Blueprint for Liberty and our guide. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org with me. Welcome back to the broadcast, sir.
8: Thank you for having me, Sam. It's good to be with you.
1: You guys had an incredible Republican uh, leadership uh, meeting, and you're here to report the details, right?
8: That's right. The Utah State Republican Party had their organizing convention on Saturday just two days ago. And uh, it was quite the event. Uh, I just want to tell uh, our listeners, give them a little taste of what happened. Uh, Governor Ron DeSantis uh, from Florida was our keynote speaker. He was introduced by our our Senator Mike Lee, uh, Utah Senator Mike Lee. Um, And uh, and then Governor DeSantis spoke for nearly an hour. It was a a, a rousing speech. I mean, I tell you, it was kind of like a rock star up there. Uh, he was interrupted with applause dozens of times, and with standing applause maybe about a dozen times. Um, <clears throat> now, a lot of people have a lot more, you know, raucous applause than I do for any 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 governor, because I, I I think the best politics is local politics. But and and I would really prefer Ron DeSantis to stay as governor and be an example to the rest of the governors to the rest of the state. Um, in uh, you know defying can, uh, mandates out of Washington DC unconstitutional mandates so I think he's better there although there'll be a lot of people wanting him to be you know run for president and stuff I I really think we that kind of a governor that's so unusual nowadays that we need him to be a strong governor in Florida some of the things he said, just to give you a taste of, of his speech, there he flattered us first by saying Florida is the Utah of the Southeast. <laughs> that was kind of fun. He talked about now the, the meat, sad the part about the-
1: that. The sad part about that point, though, is mm-hmm. it's, you know it makes everybody kind of clap and be happy in Utah. But the truth is, yeah. Utah, at least compared to the latest policies of Florida, is a flat-out liberal state. We're falling way behind, sir.
8: That's for sure, and that's why I say he flattered us. I use that verb flatter because. You know it's not true what he said <laughs> you know uh if, if florida's the utah of the southeast Florida florida's in pretty bad shape because utah's in pretty bad shape when it comes to uh, adhering to the constitution understanding the proper role of government and so forth we are so socialistic we're so fascist here in utah that it's uh it's it's, it's crazy i mean everybody tells utah as being a conservative bastion of liberty but that is simply the only, the, case, the only hope
1: we have out of the statement he made, in my opinion, Lowell, that I think is relevant is, you know, if we can tr- start to create kind of a, a, a battle between the states, not a not a bad one, but a friendly contest, if you will, uh, yeah. between the states mm-hmm. to become more constitutional, it's like, hey, Florida did this, 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 this right, we're going to do all that and then some, kind of an attitude, yeah. then I think we can mm-hmm. really make some headway, and I, and I hope that's kind of the point that Ron was trying to get at, is that we need to mm-hmm. compete in the several states for who can obey the law the most, who can double down on the Constitution the most, who can use the checks and balances properly and jettison socialism and and communistic agendas and and who can really stand up for liberty and get rid of this woke agenda and critical race theory and and abuse in our schools and who who can really start to stand up. And and if that's his goal to kind of start that, I don't know what you want to call it, friendly fight for the best of the best, then it's a good thing uh, overall. So I don't mean just to down that. I do mean to put it in perspective, uh-huh. though, and then kind of point a way that it can be valuable.
8: Yeah, yeah, that I, I totally agree. Um, I, for example, he railed against wokeism, uh, spoke strongly against transgender surgery and hormone therapy on minors, spoke against the income tax. Uh, one of the, the statements that got standing applause was he said, Don't tell me that babies are born racist. Don't tell me that men can get pregnant. We made the state of Florida the place where woke goes to die. <laughs> you know, and, and, and thunderous applause, everybody's standing on their feet clapping. I mean, that's the type of thing. There was a speech written to get applause, obviously. And But he did say a lot of the right things. He, he hit a lot of the right notes for the crowd. And, um, you know, I, I think it's probably a stump speech for his presidential campaign. But I'm just telling you that if, you know, like you say, Sam, I hadn't thought about that. But if states would use this as a springboard to better policies uh, and, and to defy the unconstitutional edicts out of Washington, D.C., then, then it will have been worth it, so much the better. A healthy um, battle to so, stand
1: up for what is right. One of the things that he promised to uh, kneecap uh-huh. uh, ESG in his state, this is something that we really need to take a page out of his playbook in Utah, huh?
8: I'll say, yeah, not only kneecap ESG, but also to prohibit the implementation of a central bank digital currency. I mean, howdy. I mean, that's fantastic. If, if he can do that in Florida and other states around the union would do that, it'd be fantastic. I don't see that happening, but, I mean, I, it'd, it'd be awesome if he did. <laughs> could stop that. Um, well, so that anyway, that gives you a taste of, of a little bit of the. He was their keynote speaker. He opened the, the the convention, and then we then we got down to business after he finished and left. Um, the right, business, before we get down uh, to business, though, no. one
1: of the other points that he made yeah. that I really want mm-hmm. to focus on is he said that he would jettison okay. this central bank digital currency. He would uh, prohibit that mm-hmm. in his state. We need that in Utah too.
8: Yeah. You're absolutely right. Um, But, you know, I don't know how a state can stop that. I mean, if the if the um, I guess it would be implemented through banks, though. Right. I mean, banks are. Well, let me let me
1: throw this out for you. As far as I understand, the Constitution says states shall. Only use gold and silver as legal tender, right?
8: Yeah, it says uh, no state shall make anything but gold and silver coin a tender in payment of debts.
1: All right, so all DeSantis has to do is say, we're going to start paying our debts in gold and silver now, and nothing else will do. Uh, Yeah, uh, that's right. Immediately jettison every other bogus, you know, pretend currency uh, and move to the honest currency mandated by the supreme law. I'm just following the law, and anybody who wants to try to play games with me on this is not following the law, and and, and that's the start. And what happens is good currency, we learned this from Ron Paul in modern times, good currency drives out bad currency, Uh, that's where he can start, Mm -hmm. Lowell.
8: You're exactly right. You know, Utah led the way along this path in 2011 when Utah passed the law making gold and silver coin legal tender in the state of Utah, not subject to capital gains tax. You know, trading gold and silver coin is not subject to capital gains taxes here in the state of Utah. Wyoming and Oklahoma followed suit, and Arkansas just uh, signed a bill this year. To make that happen. So if Florida would do the same, I mean, that would be a huge uh, blow to uh, you know this uh, central bank digital currency idea that uh, the World Economic Forum wants to impose on all the countries in all the world. So I'm with you on there, Sam. I really hope that this will spark uh, states uh, throughout the country to do likewise and to follow the Constitution once again. Uh, which says, again, those 17 most important words in the Constitution, no state shall make anything uh, tender in payment or anything but gold and silver coin a tender in payment of debt, right? Just like he, in Disney,
1: he could rein that in on the same principle and just say, look, we're going to follow the law here. The law has been broken for too many years, too many decades in our state, and we're going to fix it, and we're going to do it right now. And uh, anyway, Ron DeSantis could literally double down on that venue and make a big difference. He also mentioned that New York's budget is twice the size of Florida's budget, even though, what? Tourism? Uh, Florida's more populous than Mm -hmm. New York?
8: Can you believe uh, that? That That's a big surprise. (laughs) That's right. Twice the size of Florida's budget even though Florida is more populous than New York. Incredible. Um, it, it's about a $100 billion budget, by the way. I mean, that's the size of Florida's budget, uh, which is huge. But, man, alive, they're doing you know, two-to-one better than, than New York is. So I thought that was significant. Uh, well, yeah, it the just goes, so goes to well show, to Dem- even
1: though they may not be perfect, they're certainly doing something right comparatively. Two-to-one is incredible. Uh, In its its reality, I'd be interested to take the budget versus the population and see how much they're spending per citizen. I'd be interested in some kind of a chart that could show me every single state and how much they spend on a given citizen and see who spends the least Mm -hmm. and correlate that to the proper role of government law.
8: Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that 100 percent. Now, one reason I, I sort of thought this was a stump speech for the presidency was he started talking about national issues. He said if the Democrats win in 2024, then they're going to pack the Supreme Court. They're going to abolish Electoral College. They're going to make Washington, D.C. into a state and then eliminate voter ID in every jurisdiction, right? I mean, so he's warning. I mean, I think that's a little hyperbole, but nevertheless, uh, you know, it, it, it is somewhat of a risk. And he's saying that because he wants people probably to vote for him if and when he declares his candidacy for the presidency.
1: And whether they can get that done I, I, or not I, I, is, a, is a is a point that you bring up about hyperbole. Uh-huh. But it is what their goals are, and they've stated those goals, though. So he isn't too far off from what they want. He may be far off from what they're going to achieve, uh, given the chance. But his point is well taken, Lowell.
8: I just hope he'll stay governor of of Florida. I don't want him to, to leave that post. I think the governorship is more important than the presidency. Sam?
1: Amen to that. I couldn't agree more. Arkansas, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, is now the fourth state in the union to recognize gold and silver as legal tender. Yeah, Utah led the way in 2011, followed by Wyoming, Oklahoma, and now Arkansas. Great news. More in seconds. Low Nelson.
4: Do you know what is great about America? Ask an immigrant.
6: in churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children,
8: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Liberty Roundtable Live right here on your internet radio. Uh, Sam Bushman, our host, and I'm riding shotgun this morning. My name is Lowell Nelson with the Campaign for Liberty, Ron Paul Institute.com, and many other organizations interested in restoring our republic, returning to the blueprint of liberty, the Constitution for the United States. Well, before we go too far, I want to to cite this email from Connor Boyack, author of the Tuttle Twins series. Last week, Connor sent a very interesting email to his subscribers, and uh, the subject of that email was, education and schooling are fast becoming (laughs) opposites. Now, this is something that I've always felt was the case. In fact, my older brother often told me, he says, don't let school get in the way of your education. Because schooling is different from education. In fact, schooling today in our public schools is probably more like indoctrination rather than education. Uh, Connor then illustrates how too rigid of a structure for homeschoolers is bad. You know, he says traditional schools typically have a rigid schedule; students move from one subject to another at predetermined times, and so forth. And that's right. I mean, that's what happens in a school. And uh, and, and and yet that defeats. The, one of the objectives of the school, which is to learn, right? And so he says, I often think about how many kids end up missing their calling because they had to move on from something that would have been life-changing if they'd only been able to spend a little more time on it. You know, how many, in the, he, he asks the question, how many innovations and inventions would exist, exist if not for the fact that the bell rang, <laughs> you know? I think it's a great question. You know, I remember how and our daughters struggled to change subjects when they were children uh, going to school because they wanted to continue doing what they were doing and, and what they were most interested in. We even one took a family home evening one night and played a game designed to give them practice in changing subjects. We had several stations posted around the house and a timer that went off every five minutes. When the timer went off, we had to stop the current activity, move on to the next station and commence the next activity and and this was tough this is really hard for our girls because they were naturally inclined to continue with their current activity you know and so you know I think children every every child is different and we need to cater to their style of learning and, and if they're in the middle of something and learning you know why stop them you know that's the the, the, the latitude that you have in a home school that you don't have in a public School and school and in fact, the big mistake for of most homeschoolers is they try to recreate in their home this public school uh, paradigm, and it simply it, it's bad. It's the paradigm is bad. It's what's taught in the public school that's bad, also. But the paradigm is a flawed paradigm, you know. So when our children are at home learning, and they're smack in the middle of something they're fascinated by, they're interested in, then. Let them continue on, <laughs> continue to learn. And so, anyway, I just really appreciated this uh, email from Connor Boyack. And, um, you know, and he, he mentions another flaw of government schooling, and that's the focus on grades and standardized tests. And uh, you and I both know how little we re- re- remember of that material that we needed to know for those tests. And so, what really is important, Sam, is is the thinking skills, the problem-solving skills, the problem-solving process. That's what becomes most beneficial through all the years of, of, of schooling, whether it's homeschool or or whatever. But, but, Sam, what I, I want to repeat what my brother said: don't let uh, schooling get in the way of your education. Sam.
1: There's no doubt about that. And one last point I want to make about this, I agree with this point about saying, "Hey, education and schooling are not the same." Because remember, most of us, whether you go to high school and graduate, or whether you go to college or whatever you do, um, if you're really a, a innovator, a thinker, if you're really somebody who uh, is highly educated, you got to understand that learning is a lifetime pursuit. Learning also is this idea that I'm I'm never learned. It. I'm always learning. Okay, so education and schooling are not the same. I haven't been in school for twenty-five, well, I guess thirty years or whatever. But you know what? I learn every day. I sit uh, at the feet of incredible, brilliant minds on the radio for two hours every day and learn from incredible people like Lowell, Campaign for Liberty, and others. Um, and 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 then I go and I in my profession and I learn uh, new technologies come out. And I've got to study it. I buy products and test them and play with them for knowledge. And you know, learning is is a lifelong pursuit to those who. Uh, really want learning to be a focus in their lives, whether you're a mother at home uh, taking care of children, which is one of the greatest professions ever known. He who, uh, she, the, um, the arm that rocks the cradle rules the world, so to speak. And so we need to understand that learning uh-huh. needs to be a lifelong pursuit. Uh, education is merely a subset, a minor subset, I might uh, mention, uh, of that as well. It's the opposite of dead men walking, Cur- <laughs> Lowell.
8: Yes, uh, the very opposite of dead man walking. Uh, And folks, this relates to um, the Anti-Defamation League's attack on Substack, saying that it continues to attract extremists and conspiracy theorists who routinely use the site to profit from spreading anti-Semitism and misinformation, disinformation, and hate speech. The latest salvo by the ADL against the First Amendment dovetails with a congressional push to further erode liberty with its draconian Restrict Act. The Restrict Act is dressed up as a response to TikTok and to China. Contrary to its propaganda, it will be used primarily to sanitize the Internet and squash and criminalize all speech diverting from USG. a column written by Kurt Nimmo at the theronpaulinstitute.org, uh, encouraging us, basically, folks, we need to continue our assault on the Restrict Act, this uh, congressional initiative to, uh, you know, double down on free speech, basically. They're doing it, they, they, they say that they need to squash and criminalize, you know, hate speech and disinformation and misinformation, but you and I both know that if we let that happen, they're going to criminalize all speech that they don't agree with. So uh, the, the, we we they, they would criminalize truth, right? It's what Ron Paul always said, that the truth is treason in an empire of lies. And you and I both know that we do live in an empire of lies. We get lies from our politicians every day, from the media, and from corporations that want to, to make money off of products that they want to impose upon us. So we live today in an empire of lies. And so truth is treason in this here empire. Well, the Congress wants to make that truth, the truth speakers, the truth tellers, they want to criminalize the act of telling the truth. We can't let that happen, folks. We have to push back against this restrict act, which is currently in Congress. Now, Nimmo writes, writes the crowning propaganda achievement of the next phase of authoritarian control over free speech is the theatrical SWAT takedown of a 21-year-old Patsy Jack Texera, a low-level National Guard airman that, according to the Washington Post, who we cannot believe ever, folks, anyway, somehow managed to get his hands on highly classified CIA and DOD documents. This is highly improbable, but then a blindsided American public is keenly fed improbable lies, exaggerations, and omissions by the USG and its corporate propaganda media. This takedown of Mr. Texera is a propaganda event designed to bolster further eradication of dissent and grease the skids for the passage of restrict." End of quote. So Sam, what this was, the Restrict Act was making its way through Congress. And then a couple weeks ago, we pushed out against it, pushed back against it. Thousands of patriots did push back against it. It seemed to slow it down. And so they, they orchestrated this takedown of Jack Teixeira in order to bolster support again for the Restrict Act. Well, we got to push back twice as hard now, folks. We have to call Congress, our senators and our representatives there, and demand, insist, you know, politely, but basically demand that they not pass the Restrict Act, right? They concocted this Jack's Take Sarah takedown in order to move the needle back in the other direction because they were getting so much pushback against the Restrict Act. So we need to double down again, folks, hit Congress up with our phone calls again, and tell them do not pass this act. It will not only chill but freeze free speech here in the state. Sam?
1: You're right about that, Lowell, and this is something where this is the always learning, never learned principle that I'm talking about here. Look, you can read the act. You can read those who you trust who have studied the act. You can understand the Constitution and say, look, they're restricting our free speech as a First Amendment God-given right that a government has no authority to take away. Remember that. When we come back, we'll finish up on this. We also want to talk about Riley Gaines. We'll do it with Will Nelson in seconds. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live.
4: Your
0: daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty.
5: News, I'm Lance Pry. President Biden's domestic policy advisor, Susan Rice, is stepping down from her post next month. The move brings to close Rice's involvement with Biden's domestic agenda, including immigration policy. Rice's last day at the White House will be May 26th. Kentucky Representative James Comer, chair of the House Oversight Committee, is reporting more relatives of President Biden will be exposed for having received money from foreign adversaries. Comer on Fox News yesterday.
3: Well, right now we have nine, but I believe in the end that, that number will be at least 12. I mean, this was the Biden family uh, influence peddling scheme. And, and, you know, when people say, well, they were involved in ventures around the world, I haven't found a legitimate business on the Biden end. I found legitimate businesses that, uh, that were paying the LLCs that were then turning around and laundering the money back to the Bidens.
5: As expected, Bed Bath & Beyond filed for bankruptcy protection to wind down its business after years of losses and failed turnaround plans. The company had warned it needed $375 million loan to get through the holidays. It struck an unusual $1 billion financing deal with the hedge fund in February, but put off bankruptcy filing. Then ditched the deal and tried this month to raise $300 million from other investors. That did not work out. NBC Universal Chief Executive Officer Jeff Schell is out after an investigation into a complaint of inappropriate conduct. Effective immediately was announced Sunday. Comcast Corporation is where he had worked for roughly two decades. The NBA basketball playoffs continue tonight. The Miami Heat hosting the Milwaukee Bucks will start at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. The Bucks look to even the series two games apiece. In the nightcap, the Los Angeles Lakers take on the Memphis Grizzlies. That game is set to tip off just after 10 p.m. Eastern. The Lakers lead that series two games to one. USA News.
6: that a lot at ChickenDinnerCasino.com because we have so many winners. That's because we have so many ways to win, including slots, blackjack, poker, and more. Of course, you can step into our sportsbook and bet on any sport, including the NBA playoffs and Major League Baseball, with some of the best bonuses around. But don't just take my word for it.
8: Hey, it's Heath Bell here, former pitcher
6: for the San Diego Padres. Hey, this is Ryan Sandberg, Chicago Cubs
8: Baseball Hall of Famer, number 23 retired. Hey, it's 2017 NBA Slam Dunk Champion Glenn Robinson III here.
1: Be a winner by playing ChickenDinnerCasino.com.
3: Winner, winner! Winner,
8: winner, Chicken Dinner. dinner
3: ChickenDinnerCasino.com,
6: where you can become a winner winner, like me! And our listeners get special offers. Just go to ChickenDinnerCasino.com slash USA. That's ChickenDinnerCasino.com slash USA. And you can be a winner winner today.
8: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Lowell Nelson uh, uh, here on Liberty Roundtable Live. This is Sam Bushman's show. I'm his guest today. Happy to be here. You know, I don't often uh, reach out and praise a, a member of the mainstream media, but I have to do it right now. Let's give credit where credit is due. Megan Kelly did a broadcast recently about the assault and battery of Riley Gaines at San Francisco State University. Uh, many of you know and will recognize the name Riley Gaines. She's an elite athlete, a collegiate swimmer. Well, she was collegiate until she graduated last year, uh, who competed against uh, uh, Will Thomas, who changed her, his name to Leah. Right. So Leah Thomas is the male swimmer that, that swam against the females in college there. Anyway, Riley Gaines is, is, the, is the gal. And she was invited to speak at San Francisco State University. She went, she spoke, and what happened? Protesters chased her off the stage. And and, and getting off the stage, she was punched by a male, a transgender woman, but it was really a male. Uh, she was hustled into a nearby classroom and held there for about three hours while po- protesters shouted out uh, at her. The protesters even demanded money, kind of a ransom, to let her out. I mean, in, in a had police around her, but the, the police uh, didn't do, I mean, you know, they sort of protected her, but really didn't do a whole lot to, to get her out of the situation. The university did not apologize to Riley Gaines, but they did apologize to the trans activists at her university. In fact, the, the university praised the students who ambushed Riley Gaines. So upside down, this is so backwards. Well, Megan Kelly uh, spoke out and on national media, huge. I mean, she's followed by uh, well over a million people and uh, spoke out in support of Riley Gaines, uh, who is speaking out against societies allowing biological males to compete against biological females. So this, I thought, was very notable, Sam, that Megan Kelly would actually take broadcast time and it wasn't a short broadcast. She actually spent a good chunk of time, national broadcast, supporting righty Gaines and decrying the uh, abusive behavior of the protesters who, who you know, who were guilty of assault and battery against her in this case. Sam?
1: The interview was about 10 minutes long, ladies and gentlemen. It was a foreign media discussion to some degree. Nevertheless, we cut out a clip of it. Here is Megan.
6: An athlete in the university sector who was willing to speak out about biological men competing in women's sport, she speaks out, uh, protesters turn up, they hold her hostage. The university doesn't support her right to free speech. It congratulates the protesters.
8: Mm-hmm.
2: She was physically attacked, her name is Riley Gaines, and she had the unfortunate luck to have to swim against Leah Thomas, who's a trans woman, biological man, who was in the 500s as a male swimmer and became number one once he transitioned over to being a woman. And uh, she came in tied against him in one
5: of the big championship finals. And they wouldn't give her the trophy. They gave it to him because they wanted Leah Thomas to stand there with the trophy, not Riley Gaines, the actual female swimmer who was raised as a girl, has been a girl her whole life, unlike Leah, who was Bill about two minutes ago.
1: There you have it. I kind of find that very interesting indeed. Megan does a great job and puts the truth of the matter, uh, not only morally but scientifically, on the table will.
8: Yeah, she sure did. And I'm so proud of her for doing that. I mean, I rarely praise the national media person like that. But boy, when she comes out and hits the, uh, the right, says the right things, she just knocked it out of the park uh, with that particular uh, interview. And so I'm so proud of her and, and I appreciate her taking the time to do that. You know, this Riley Gaines, um, I didn't know some of the details behind the scenes here and, and I want to talk about it for just a few minutes longer. Now, I knew that Riley Gaines was the the woman who swam collegiately against this Leah Thomas, who is a biological male, but I didn't really understand uh, everything that happened. See, Riley swam for the University of Kentucky. She's an NCAA All-American athlete. She tried out for the Olympics in 2016 and 2020. She's a five-time SEC champion. In fact, she holds the SEC record in the 200-meter butterfly. She was the SEC Scholar Athlete of the Year and the SEC Community Service Leader of the Year. And so it turns out this is is what happened uh, when she, you know, swam against this this, uh, Thomas kid. In November of 21, right in the middle of the swim season, when Riley was ranked third in the nation behind a female competitor she knew very well, because it turns out the top-tier athletes Know each other very, you know, pretty quite well, um, regardless of what university they attend, because they always compete against each other, and so they know each other. But the swimmer who is ranked first in the nation was somebody named Leah Thomas, a senior in college. So Riley had never heard of him, of, of her, so-called her Leah, and and he was second ahead of others, both in short distances and in long distances. Well, it never occurred to Riley that Leah might be a male. She heard the name Leah and just thought, Well, that's a woman's name, so I'm gonna be competing against this this, uh, this female athlete. Well, a few days before the meet, information came out that this Will Thomas had competed for three years on the men's team and she was shocked to learn that well, yeah, she was that was a shock to her to learn that that, that, that You know, that that fact, but also relieved because she thought, surely, the NCAA would would not permit Will Thomas to compete against women. This was just days before this race, Sam. And yet, the NCAA did allow him to race in the women's race, and he won. And well, and then the next day, Riley and Leah competed against each other in the very same race, and they tied, just like Megan Kelly said, even to the hundredth of a second. Now, that's very rare. And let me stop you there
1: fudged. for a second, Lowell. I don't know that i I don't know yeah. believe they tied uh, either. I know that's what they say, but I wonder, uh, you know when you're talking about to a hundredth of a second uh, kind of a thing, you kind of wonder if those numbers got fudged in favor of this mail uh, to promote this agenda. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I say that is because if you have a tie, you would either one do a tiebreaker to acknowledge the tie, but you wouldn't grant somebody the winner, especially, uh, a male and a female competition unless it's just politically driven with an agenda. So I, I question that it was mm-hmm. even a tie, uh, Lul. I know others aren't questioning that, but mm-hmm. I will, because I'm convinced you don't have ties mm-hmm. to the hundredths of a second, by the way. Somebody won, uh, mm-hmm. and if you need to go to the granularity of a thousandth of a second, maybe, but I'm convinced that it was an engineered tie um, all the way around.
8: Well, that may and be I'll the tell case, you why I say
1: that, because if, if, if Leah, this, this male, really won, then they would have said Leah won. Uh, But the fact Mm -hmm. is, Leah probably lost, and they made it a tie so that it would be controversial. They Mm -hmm. couldn't say it was a win by the loser. Otherwise, it would be too scrutinized. And if they say it was a tie, but they just went with one of them, now it's just an internal decision of, you know, what they think is best discussion, not a factual discussion of reality. And so I'm not convinced that that this tie is not an engineered game playing in and of itself. They rig elections, and they rig contests, And this, in my opinion, is proof. Can you really tie it down to the hundredth of a second? I don't know that I believe Mm -hmm. that.
8: Great, great point, Sam. I hadn't thought of that at all. Do you realize how much a
1: hundredth of a
8: second is, by the
1: way? If you take nanoseconds, (laughs) you've got 1,000 nanoseconds in a second, right? Yep. So you're talking 10 nanoseconds, if you will. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's so tiny, you can't even humanoid deal with that differential. And so I'm convinced of yeah. game playing here for the tie. Um, and and I, I'm convinced that it's designed. And the proof in the pudding is, hey, let, never let a good crisis go to waste. You create a tie crisis, and then you go ahead and put the male as the winner of this female competition, jettisoning all mm-hmm. science and all godly education on the subject, Lowell. Mm,
8: yeah. Well, it gets worse, Sam. The behind-the-scenes get even worse it turns out that this will leah thomas is is six foot four he's a six foot four inch male sam now what's the average height of the woman in you know five six five eight maybe and so he is towering above all the other yeah females in the race he claims he's a woman so the ncaa allowed him to compete with women but even worse the ncaa said that the locker room was unisex, meaning either or both genders could use it at the same time. Now, these swimsuits are very thin, they're very tight, and they take about 15 minutes to don the swimsuit. Now, can you imagine? What it, you know, I mean, it takes 15 minutes to don their swimsuit. These are full-length, body-length swimsuits, okay? And so Riley Gaines and the other competitors in the race and, uh, and and their parents, they were not warned that males were going to be allowed in the locker room. So here's Riley and her female swimmer co- collegiate uh, athletes getting into their swimsuits. At you know taking the 15 minutes that takes to get into their swimsuits. There they are in the locker room getting into their swimsuits. You know, basically naked, but getting into their swimsuits. When this Will Thomas walks into the locker room, he undresses exposes himself to the women who were dressing and then proceeds to pull on his swimsuit. It's crazy, Sam.
9: In Message 1, we said that Satan, the father of lies, John 8.44, gave the left evil, spiritual power, the more they used the lies. The political left today is the beast. Now the Bible confirms that the dragon gave him the beast, his power. Revelation 13, 2. The extra evil spiritual power that comes from the beast by their lying is what accounts for the string of the leftist criminals in the government that have never yet been prosecuted. It also explains why American capitalists support communism in the 21st century. Note 1. That behavior of capitalists was predicted by Vladimir Lenin, a cell of the beast. Note two: Henry Ford was a capitalist, and he would have never gone communist. The difference between Ford and the present-day, in-time capitalists is that Ford was born and educated in the Kingdom of Christ, 19th-century America, the New Jerusalem, Revelation 21. <laughs>
8: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Roundtable Live. I'm uh, Lowell Nelson here with Sam Bushman today. We're talking about Riley Gaines, the female swimmer, the fastest, one of the fastest female swimmers in the the country, in the world. And the fact that before this uh, infamous race that she had uh, where Will Thomas, who named himself Leah, tried to, to call himself a woman, he got into the race, and um, but before the race happened, here Riley and her female uh, swimmers were, were getting into their swimming suits in the locker room, and in walks this man, Will Thomas, who, who changed his name to, to Leah, and he undresses, exposes himself to the women, and proceeds to pull on his swimsuit. This is so upside down. This is so crazy. When, so Riley decided that she was going to speak out against the male athletes competing against female athletes. And she has been speaking out against this violation of women's sports for the past year instead of going to dental school, which were her plans upon graduating from the University of Kentucky. Can you imagine that? She was in school. She graduates from college intending to go into dental school. But because this issue is so important, and I agree with her, she has now spent the last year talking about it instead of going to school. <laughs> I mean I mean the passion and the determination of this woman, Riley Gaines, is admirable. I just applaud what she's doing. Amen Riley to Gaines that, Lowell. And this the-
1: is where we need this is where, Lowell, we need Americans to stand up just like Riley is doing. In my opinion, she's a hero. And if enough people stood up like Riley is doing, this psychosis would stop. This fake news, this false science, this dishonest, satanic rhetoric straight from the pit of hell would stop, Lowell, if enough people stood like Riley, like we are doing. We need more of us. That is the quintessential problem, and that is the
8: solution, Lowell. Well, speaking of people who are standing up against it, we're happy to announce that surfer, worldwide known surfer Bethany Hamilton has stood up against it as well. She has declared this recently, last week or t- two weeks ago, uh, that she will not compete against biological males. The World Surf League recently passed a new rule allowing transgender competitors in the women's division. So the WSL, that's the World Surf League, WSL says that they are following Olympic guidelines. So here, here's the Olympics. They're a world organization. They, they promulgate this guideline, and now the World Surf League says they're going to follow it. Well, see, Hamilton, you remember, became famous after losing her left arm in a shark attack at age 14. The movie Soul Surfer is about her. I love that movie. We have two or three copies here at home. And have shared them yeah, with the other incredible people. Movies. We love that movie. And But despite those challenges, uh, Bethany continued to surf. And, and she continues to surf. She's married. She's raising her family and, has, and continues to compete or has competed professionally as a surfer for the past 15 years. She is another amazing woman. And what she says is this, quote, While she does not personally have any issues with transgender people, allowing biological men to compete in the women's division is unfair to biological women, end of quote. You know, and she is so spot on. She suggested the creation of a separate division for transgender surfers. And then she asked some really great questions, Sam. Listen to these questions. Is a hormone level an honest and accurate depiction that someone indeed is a male or female? Is it really as simple as this? End of quote. (laughs) And so bottom line, Sam, she says she will not, and let me emphasize the word not, she will not compete in or support the World Surf League, if this rule remains in place. He's a champion. And, Lowell, this is my point. You have people like Bethany.
1: This is my point, Lowell. You have people like Bethany and Riley standing up. Just imagine if basketball players stood up. Just imagine if we the people stood up, people in the media such as myself and you and others. Just imagine if we literally shut down every organization on the planet that pushed for this false science agenda based on fake news the idea that a man can become a woman or a woman can become a man just by thinking or claiming them to be so is a scientific falsehood sir and everybody knows that absolutely very few have the guts to stand up for the truth and bethany's willing to and riley's willing to you and i are willing to just imagine if there was enough of us that is the solution people
8: yeah, I, I wish that uh, uh, collegiate athletes, for example, would just uh, refuse to compete, for example, refuse to support the NCAA, just walk off and start their own league or something. I mean, that's what's got to happen. And um, I don't know. But you're exactly right. We need more people talking about this and standing up against this insanity. <clears throat> so proceeding now to the, the very last uh, Uh, topic that, uh, oh, I wanted to mention this, Sam. This is kind of amusing, but it's so true. Riley Gaines is married, Uh, by the way. She's married, and her husband did not want her in the locker room in that situation. In fact, her dad, who is a former professional football player, he he was willing to walk into that locker room and throw Will Thomas out. (laughs) You can imagine what the, what anger was coursing through his veins, right, when he when he found out what had happened in that locker room. But, you know, Riley persuaded well, him. Well, more and more people do. are standing
1: up. More and more people are standing up, and that's where we've got to take our cues from great leaders such as this, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And the last point I want to make is, I don't know if you know, but we have gender inequity. When it comes to crash dummies, Lowell, I don't know if you know, but they have male and female crash dummies and different stats related to it, the male or female crash dummy on how uh, abusive the crash can be to the dummy. Uh, and so uh, that even highlights the point that we're making that there is a difference between men and women and even crash dummies prove the point, sir.
8: Well, what is that point? I've never heard that.
1: Yeah, you know what a crash dummy is, right? It's a male or female Uh, I don't know what you want to call it. It's like a super doll that's set up to uh, it's got sensors all over it. It it can tell how abusive a crash will be on the body and everything. And there's a difference. There's a male and female crash dummy because the uh, repercussions on the size of a person uh, on the body organs and the details are different between men and women. And that's why they have male and female crash dummies. Well, there's an inequity there then. Uh, And so we just need to have a Male crash dummies become female crash dummies and such. I'm I'm joking, but I'm highlighting this point that everybody knows this scientific
8: truth. lot. Hey, that's amazing. See, I, I knew there were crash dummies. i would seen them in the commercials, you know, in cars when they uh, they wreck a car, they have a dummy inside, and they show you what happens to the dummy. But I had hadn't really thought about the fact that they have female dummies and and male dummies. But that uh, I guess what you're saying is that in those tests that the, the male dummy comes out better than the female dummy because they're built stronger or heavier or something like that. But yeah. It's pretty, yeah. Pretty so lame. it's just
1: interesting in my mind. It's interesting in my mind to that alone. I mean, these simple things just double down for truth that are so, uh, I don't know what you want to call it. So evident to every of us that it's not even funny. And everything in society doubles down on these facts that are just absolutely irrefutable. And that is the point that we need to stand on we cannot let this fake news become the order of the day right we just can't Uh, but we seem to be willing to do that for some reason under this lie of political correctness it's a lie alone it needs to be called out as such Uh, i just don't know why there's not more of us
8: yeah well that's one of the great things about liberty roundtable sam is that we do call call out these, these lies and expose them for what they are. Another great columnist, uh, Gary D. Bennett, uh, he also calls out the empire on their lies. He's one of my favorite columnists. He lives in Montana. Gary D. Barnett, I said his name wrong, Barnett is his last name, Gary D. Barnett. He wrote a very insightful article a couple weeks ago about censorship. He was lambasting the Restrict Act, which we mentioned earlier in the broadcast. And he writes this, he says, quote, the total censorship insanity is aimed at all internet publications that are exposing reality and truth and is using TikTok as the scapegoat in order to censor, heavily restrict speech, and shut down all criticism and dissent by claiming, of course, a China connection, end of quote. So plain and simple, folks, the government wants to control what most people see and hear because Hiding the truth benefits them. Gary then asserts that most people claim that such censorship is a violation of their First Amendment rights. Of course, that's true, but he also says this is a trap. Now, listen to this. Quote, the assumption here by those who have been perpetually fooled is that this piece of parchment, meaning the Constitution, has anything whatsoever to do with rights. No government can grant natural rights, nor can it protect them. This can only be accomplished by the people themselves. <clears throat> by relying on the very government that is suspending and eliminating the right to speak that is continually bent on totalitarian behavior and the eradication of rights <clears throat> to redress and reform itself is ludicrous on its face. If a government cannot give rights, why petition it to do so? For if government has the power to give rights, it has the unlimited power to take those rights away. Any reliance on paper issued by a That's why it's quintessential class, to
1: understand. Lowell, that's why yeah. it's quintessential to understand government doesn't grant rights. Government grants privileges. Rights come from God, and government acknowledges those
8: rights. Totally right, Sam. And so that—that that is... uh, That one paragraph is worth its weight in gold, Sam. It really does us no good. But what what he's saying here, folks, it does us no good to petition a government for rights it does not want to grant. (laughs) So simple, so straightforward. And then he concludes with these these words, Sam, quote, The elimination of all free speech is sought by the controlling element of society in order, to eliminate truth in favor of propagandized narratives. This can only lead to the total enslavement of society. Censorship is always meant to hide the truth, to cover up corruption and criminal behavior, and to stop thought and criticism. Censorship is a form of torture and murder of the mind and cannot be allowed to stand if liberty is to survive. End of quote. Sam, we must be able to speak freely. We got to stand up for the rights of others to speak freely if liberty is going to survive. Sam,
1: amen to that, and my response to that is not on my watch, Lowell. The destruction of these uh, sacred principles will not uh, be allowed on my watch. We will stand up for what matters. We will make a difference in our own way, individually, as families, uh, as society. As Americans we will stand together and stop this and you know we win in the end that's the, the, the point to remember is that you know what God is the author of our rights of our liberties and we win in the end the key is to turn to him Lowell
8: amen to that brother we have to, to return to God we got to repent if we'll do that then he will bless us he will heal our land we have that promise uh, from the Bible 2nd Chronicles seven fourteen, and uh, it's up to you and me and and all the, of our listeners Sam let's make it happen let's repent let's call upon our God and let's let let him heal our land Sam Hello, great work my friend lovingliberty.net his website
1: lovingliberty.net great stuff Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for being alongside ride. Hopefully it was educational and entertaining. LibertyRoundtable.com. LovingLiberty.net is our website. And remember this, folks. CampaignForLiberty.org. That is the key site for you to get involved with like-minded Americans. CampaignForLiberty.org. God save the Republic of the United
3: States.